Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And, and here we are with our last scheduled podcast for 2012 that uh, has again been a year filled with great topics and detailed discussions about a wide, wide range of legal topics. And before we wrap the year up, we're going to share one more such discussion today featuring one of our most valuable contributors, Attorney Jim Voigt of Lavelle Law Limited. As always, when Jim joins us, we turn our attention to small business operators. And today we're going to do a little myth-busting as we look at the theory that registering a company in certain states, uh, perhaps such as Delaware, uh, would provide certain protections or financial advantages. Uh, as we uh, prepare to do that, let me first of all say hello to Jim. Uh, Jim, first of all, happy holidays and very nice to have you with us again. Yeah, thank you very much. Happy holidays to you as well. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Um, now, so before we begin here, um, is it safe to say really that what we're talking about is a focus on small, closely held companies, not large corporations in, in terms of general discussion? Correct, right. If we, if uh, if Citigroup is listening right now, they should not disband their <laughs> operations in Delaware. Um, but, yeah, I guess the, the thing I really wanted to clarify right from the beginning is as we talk about this um, choice of what state are you going to form your company in, um, the, you know, my beliefs on it are, are fairly conservative in my opinion, uh, but they're absolutely not held by every single attorney. Um, there may be attorneys that are listening to this saying, you know what, I disagree with his analysis, but what I'd like to do is just go through, here's, here's what I believe, here's why I believe it. Um, but the, I guess the main takeaway would be before you just pull the trigger and form in another state, let's think this through and make sure you're actually getting some bang for your buck. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to bring it up. Because usually when we talk uh, on, the, on the podcast here, you and your colleagues will often reference uh, uh, laws or, or uh, different state statutes and say, this is what the law says. So if you, you, know, if you do this, you're within the law. If you don't, you're outside it. And, and very clearly what we're going to talk about today is more theoretical, more opinion, but, but based in fact to some degree. But it's, it's your formulated opinion. Correct. Exactly right. Okay. So let's talk about it. I have seen over the years, and I'm sure many other people have, that when you look at certain companies, you see that they are listed as a Delaware corporation or a uh, Nevada corporation in in some cases. Um, It's really not uncommon to see large companies uh, in that situation. Why, Why is that? What draws a company to register in one of those states? Well, what what draws a large company, like a publicly traded company, to one of these states, and it's almost always Delaware when you're talking about a publicly traded company, is a couple of things. One, Delaware has the longest standing tradition of how they handle corporations and protecting corporations, protecting boards of directors, members of the board, that sort of thing. Um, They have the longest standing tradition of any state in the country on how they do that, and they've been the most consistent really since day one. So, For a corporation, in addition to the fact there are just some good statutes that protect privacy and that sort of a thing for publicly traded corporations, uh, there is a real long history. We don't have courts going back and forth and fighting with each other and that sort of thing. So big companies love predictability. They also love a friendly corporate statute. Delaware has both of those. So it's not – I don't want to have this podcast interpreted to say there's never any kind of a reason for why you would form a a corporation in Delaware. 
I just say that for the vast majority of my clients, which are small operations, one or two shareholders, maybe five or six shareholders, um, let's let's give some pause before we just pull the trigger. Now, the second part of your question was, well, why would that apply to a smaller company? To be completely honest with you, I believe that the reason is we see a lot of companies that form in Delaware, so it seems like a good idea. And without really doing any sort of analysis on how is this going to benefit me and how could it potentially hurt me, they'll just pull the trigger and do it because it seemed like the right thing to do without, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, really knowing why. Okay. So really, as you look at the businesses you deal with, uh, and many of whom you know may be listening here today, um, you know, as they look back, they they at this point again a small company with a, with a few shareholders really shouldn't be any regret if they're registered in Illinois or Wisconsin or Indiana. They're they're not at any immediate disadvantage. No, and in fact, the opposite is true. There can be some disadvantages to forming. Most typically, the most common reason that I see small businesses coming to me that have formed in another state is they say, listen, Illinois is a really expensive place to form, particularly like an LLC. Very expensive place to form and maintain an LLC in the terms of annual fees uh, and startup fees. So I went ahead, I I, I formed out in Colorado because the filing fee out there was only $10. Um, And that's often the, the extent of the analysis that was done. Uh, so, yeah, I would say this, you know, if you don't have very specific reasons for why you're going to form a company in a state other than the state where you're actually physically located, uh, then I would really like you to think through why are you doing it. And if the main motivation is because I want to save money on filing fees, I want to save money on taxes, one of the takeaways today would be that could be an illusion that might come back and bite you. Yeah, and let's let's separate that. You mentioned the filing fees, and you know, as as a business owner here, I mean, I know that there are certain annual fees and and fees at at initiation, um, and and yeah, Illinois probably has more than than others, but I don't I don't find them too burdensome. But but taxes is a whole other issue. Are there, are there any tax implications either on the uh, you know corporate tax or personal income tax where the state you choose to uh, incorporate in makes a difference? There are there are some important considerations. Like for example, one of the reasons people do like Delaware is that there's no state tax on businesses um, that do not operate in Delaware. In other words, if they're they're incorporated in Delaware but they don't have any operations in Delaware, there's no tax there. Sounds great. Now, keep in mind, I was careful about what I said there. If they are incorporated there but don't operate there. This is where it all starts to fall apart in terms of saving money on taxes. So I came to you and said, hey, you know what? You know, there's no personal income tax in Florida. I'm an S corporation, so I'm going to form my company in Florida. That way, I don't have any state personal income tax on all the profits that I get out of that company. And the answer is absolutely not true. Um, You need to take a look at a lot of factors other than just what state you formed your corporation. And you need to look at where was that money earned, where do you live, uh, that sort of thing. So it's it's a far more complex question. What I've seen happen a lot is people will form a corporation in another state where there's no taxes. They're right. They're not they're not paying any taxes in that state. They're still paying just as many taxes in the state where they live as they would have if they had formed in their own state. The only disadvantage now is instead of saving money, now they're actually paying because the Florida still wants a tax return, even if it shows that you end up owing zero. They still want that tax return each year. So um, it, what, what you started out doing, trying to save a couple of dollars, actually ended up costing you more. And you mentioned operating it. If if a business is operating in multiple states, do they need to be registered in each state then? They are. They do, and there's a few reasons for that. 
Um, the perfect example that I had was a client that came to me. They formed a limited liability company in Colorado because it was a $10 filing fee, and they actually did so on the advice of an attorney. Um, and I, I said, okay, well, what, what does this company do? Well, I, I operate, I rent out real estate. Where is it? Well, all that real estate was here in Illinois. I said, okay, well, what, why are you coming to see me? Well, I need to um, evict somebody. They're not paying their rent. If you're not registered in the state of Illinois uh, to do business as a foreign corporation or as this Colorado company, you can't bring a lawsuit. The company can't bring a lawsuit. So that's one of the reasons that you need to do that. Um, so she was very upset to find out that you know she hadn't really saved anything because it costs just as much to register in Illinois as a foreign company as it does to form a brand-new Illinois company. Uh, so she, her, her savings there had been lost. The other issue that uh, you run into is each state, and you have to look at it on a state-by-state -state basis, but each state has different rules about how much business you need to be doing in that state before they require you to register. A lot of people feel that it's optional. Well, you know, I don't really care if I can bring a lawsuit in Mississippi. Um, I, I just, I'm just not going to register there. Well, whether you want to bring a lawsuit or not, Mississippi statute might say if you're doing X, Y, Z in our state, you have to register here, you have to pay taxes here, you have to file these forms here. So if you're if you're operating in multiple states, it's important to understand in each state where you're operating what the rules are in that state and where you have to register. You got to do it. Okay, we're we're talking to Attorney Jim Voigt of LaBelle Law, who, uh, you know, once again stopped by to take a little time on the podcast and and we're having a good discussion about the idea of uh, Illinois businesses registering in Delaware, Nevada, Florida, or other states that appear to offer various advantages, but uh, so far I am not really hearing any. So uh, we're, we're getting a little bit of pro and con on this. Um, as you talk about the legalities and some of the things that states require and, and activities you had, Jim, in representing businesses, tell me what a registered agent is and, and why that might be necessary. Okay, well, a registered agent is basically a person or company that's located within a state that can accept mail on your behalf. That's the simplest way to say it. So, for example, uh, Jim, you have a corporation here that operates in the state of Illinois. You have to have a registered agent, a person or a company, with a physical address, not a P.O. box, but a physical address here in Illinois that can act as your representative in Illinois. That doesn't mean necessarily they're going to be your lawyer and they're going to advocate on your behalf. Really, the main thing they need to do is some. We, we need somebody in each state where you do business that can accept mail if somebody wants to send you an angry letter is kind of the simplest way to put it. So, for example, this uh, Colorado uh, client that I just mentioned to you did not have a registered agent out in Colorado. I said, well, you need to have a registered agent in Colorado. Colorado Code says that you're required to do that. She found out that to have a registered agent out there, she needed to use one of the big corporations that does it nationally, and that was $360 a year. So now she's even more upset. Again, you know, $360 a year is probably not going to make or break your business. But when your ultimate goal was to try to save the $500 you were going to you know, spend a file in Illinois and save a few hundred dollars here and there on tax returns and that sort of thing, now you're actually in a position where you actually are spending more money because you have to register in Illinois. Now you're paying an additional registered agent where you really didn't need to be paying one. That, so you really kind of end up working backwards. And does that create duplication of effort and, and time? We know time is money in terms of you know other record keeping that you need to keep then if you're in multiple states? To a certain extent, yeah. It really depends on how much activity you have in each of those states. But, yeah, we have a client that's registered in 37 different states. They sell insurance into 37 different states. 
So there was a system that was set up to handle all of the various annual filings in each of those states, and it cost them about $13,000 a year just in filing fees to be registered in each of those states. That hurts a lot. They hate that check every year. They don't like doing that. But, you know, at the same time, they look at it and say, well, okay, but from a state-to-state perspective, we're making a lot more money in these individual states than we used, you know, than, than we're spending there in terms of these fees. But, yeah, the right thing to do is to register in each state where you're doing business, including the state where you're physically located, which is why the whole point of this podcast is start from the perspective of if you're located in Illinois, I'm going to form my company in Illinois, unless there is a compelling reason for me to form my corporation somewhere else. And the main issue here is there probably isn't a compelling reason. It's not impossible, but for a small company, there probably isn't a compelling reason to go to one of these more trendy locations like Delaware, wherever mm-hmm. else. And so spend spend a little time with, with your business attorney and have that discussion, you know, and look at the pros and cons and determine if there's any particular value. And then I would also imagine as your company grows, you may ultimately, you know, register in additional states or potentially if you get big enough, is it something you can then then move from, from where you originated and, and change your this state of registration? Yeah, I'll give you a great example. It was about six months ago we had a client that was starting to get really frustrated with the amount of state tax that he was paying in Illinois. He says, well, I want to re-domesticate. I want to move my company down to Florida. And I said, well, you can do that, but you're not going to actually save any state taxes unless you personally also move to Florida. He said, okay. <laughs> you know, He's one of these businesses where you can kind of be located anywhere. Um, clients don't see him at his office, so we did. We actually merged his company with a Florida corporation. It's called Redomestication. Moved him down to Florida. Uh, physically, in addition to moving his company, he personally moved to Florida as well. And now he's operating out of Florida, making just as much money as he did before, but he's keeping about fifteen to you know, $1,500 to $2,000 more in his pocket every single month because Florida doesn't have a personal income tax. Uh, but if you look at it, you know, that, that's, a, that's a much bigger analysis than just let me form a Florida corporation. He literally moved his entire family down there. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely there are reasons why you may want to re-domesticate your corporation somewhere else. Just make sure that you're covering all your bases. And I would also say, even if you go to an attorney that says, yeah, yeah, I think you'd be good in Delaware, um, I, that's my recommendation, I would drill down and say, okay, well, let's be specific. What specific benefit am I going to get from being in this state other than the state where I'm physically located? Really make sure you're getting good, solid answers. Okay. Well, as always, uh, great advice from Jim Boyd. We appreciate him being here. As we wrap up our discussions for this year, a reminder that if you've missed any along the way or you want to rehear them, we've got a full archive of our discussions going back not only this year but several years. And they can always be found at Blog Talk Radio or at LavelleLaw.com. You can find them there, download them, listen. And uh, we appreciate it when you do that. And we certainly look forward to having you with us again for future podcasts as we begin 2013. Thanks for listening.